When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by Air Van Moving, the official mover of Husky Athletics and your next move. You guys had a um, camp fab uh, start in Ace's place in safety. I'm wondering, looking at the film, how do you feel like, well, first off, why have him shift over where he had obviously been a Husky prior to that, and, and how did you see him play? Played some safety here uh, previously, so being able to make the move, his level of preparation showed us that he can be able to do it. So, I mean, literally, it was he went into some Navy SEAL training uh, toward the end of the week, and he really did a great job in his performance. You guys had a pretty good run defense. Just what allowed you guys to have so much success? Was it mainly Julia Tatui? Um, uh, yeah, uh, it helps when you have some stocking stuffers like that on the inside, and that, that, that definitely helps. But the biggest thing is just this, the guys applying all their techniques on those given downs, and what you're starting to see is just the – confidence in their in their preparation ahead of time and everyone d did their job and most of the time if you go do your job success should not surprise you that's a backfield in terms of preparation the confidence and then you know people getting injured people stepping up yeah, and the one thing that we're trying to show the guys is you have the ability to continue to keep doing everything because the scheme, the system, and the structure is there. Uh, one of the main reasons why everyone kind of meets together is everyone is hearing the same message. So that, like, like with Cam Fab, all the secondary guys are meeting together uh, fairly frequently, so him going from one position to the next. It's just a matter of us being able to make sure on our end that we can get our 11 best players on the football field at one time. Would you still consider your secondary uh, kind of precariously thin on experience? Yes, yes. Um, and and that's, that's something that we all know. So we know we have to keep it simple so we could be more simple and explosive on, on that end because they are fairly youthful. And I think as we get in through the weeks, we'll have some more players coming back. Carson's made a pretty good impression on special teams and especially this past weekend. Just kind of how is he growing? Uh, We've definitely been... Uh, pleased and impressed with how Carson is coming along. Obviously, on special teams, he, he's showing that he is the dog that you've got to watch out for. That that is something that's great to see. He's definitely coming along at linebacker in in his in his plays that he's been in, and and we're looking forward for his continued growth at our position. Were there one or two things coming out of that game that that you'd like to see the the defense improve on that stood out to you maybe in the in the second half? And just b being able to finish in the fourth quarter. Uh, doing better on some of the fourth downs, I think, as you saw, you saw all the times they went for it on fourth down, and just minimizing some of those unforced errors. And, and that's what coaching is, is. It's truly all about. It's literally the correction of errors. So that's that. That's our task as coaches. Julius Irvin, obviously, is still pretty inexperienced at corner, but he had a couple <coughs> big plays in that game. How did you see 
him come out of his second start there at corner? Yeah, the, Dr. J was coming along pretty good. Uh, it, it, it was really good to see his growth, his development. And to some of us, it's, it's not a surprise uh, because we've seen his level of preparation as it is, and we've also seen his skill set. And, and that's one of the things that we told ourselves, hey, what can we do to get our 11 best guys on the football field? So it was just a matter of him getting over there and having uh, a few tools in his bag to be able to get, to be able to get him su some success and, and to make it so he could be able to be successful on each down. You have uh, pretty much the same guys up front on the defensive line as last year, and, and they got run over like in a game like this last one you know, at Michigan, per se, and Oregon later. What's the difference for these guys? What, what makes them better than they were last year? I think when you have the opportunity to go through and endure an offseason by one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country and Coach Ron McKeefrey, your mindset, your physical body, everything's going to change. And I think there are some things that we're probably able to do systematically and structurally that will put them in position to be able to be successful. And also, I, I don't know kind of what their preparation level was like a year ago, but I do know seeing the individuals from a preparation standpoint, we can see why they're playing fairly confident because they're knowing what's about to occur, they're understanding what can happen, and they're all applying and playing with, with good technique. Like he said, I mean, the numbers were tough against the run last year, but I'm curious, you know, knowing the offseason they went through and, and I guess the discipline of this group and the way that you taught them, how confident were you going into this season, okay, we're going to be able to, to stop the run against some pretty physical offenses? Well, that, that has to be an expectation uh, from, from a staff standpoint and, from, and to a player standpoint. You, you have to know, you have to understand, you have to trust, and you have, belie you have to believe that. That being able to stop the run, that has to be your premium. You, you have to do that on defense and make teams one-dimensional. So that's kind of been something that we've been preaching to them from day one. And, and not knowing or understanding anything about what happened in the past. You know, we told them when we come in and open the book, the book is brand new. Everybody has a new page. Uh, you, you, your name hasn't changed, but we don't know anything about you. So everything you do from this moment forward, let's make sure we're working to be able to create excellence and we're chasing it. Stanford's kind of the same way where obviously they're, they're physical, pro style, they do what they do. What makes them tough to match up with just with the way that they play? Uh, one thing we have a lot of respect for is Coach Shaw and his staff. You, you can tell that they are very innovative, and, and there are some things that they do that really, really, really stress you. So everyone has to be on guard for being able to play your fundamental technique, and then they also combine that with some RPO scenarios to where they can get guys open. And the one thing we told our players about here yesterday is we know we're going to be playing against a top-tier elite quarterback. He can make throws that probably two or three quarterbacks in the country uh, can make, and, and we have a lot of respect for McKee from what we've seen on film. How did Ulamu Ali do this last weekend? Ah, MJ was good. Uh, being, being able to see him come in and play and, and hold up some gaps, you, you can tell our linebackers love it when he's in the game because nobody's going to climb. And it allows those guys to better play fast. But, but seeing, seeing MJ come in and continue to keep playing and getting better and better and better, that's what it's all about. And to see his attitude change as he gets more confident. As a coach, that's, that is so satisfying. What have you been most pleased with overall? You said what? What have you been most pleased with so far with the three games behind you now? Uh, th th thus far, just our guys learning each game to where each game we've seen some kind of fundamental improvement. And that's what enduring the process is all about uh, from, from our standpoint. So no, knowing that there are still other things that we still have to improve on, even coming out of, out of the Michigan State game, there were still four or five things per position that everyone has the ability to look at. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why we coach uh, is, is to make sure we can be able to be uh, better on each play and make sure that you're never a play late. What was that, just being in the stadium on Saturday? It was a little bit different from the previous two weeks. What was that experience like, that atmosphere like from your perspective? Uh, it, it was very good. You know, coming from scenarios where we had been in these environments, it, it, for me, it, I felt comfortable. It was great. And we tried to tell the players that hadn't been out there defensively, when you're on the field at home, it's going to be loud. So you have to make sure all the communication things that you've got to do pre-snap, 
you have to be on, on guard. And, and I think our players did a great job of understanding that and, and preparing to that. And it was just really good to see the Purple Rain show up and show out. Cook talked about um, how difficult the offense was to defend in practice, even going back to the spring. Um, what is it about Michael Penix from, from the other side, <laughs> practicing against him, that, that is challenging to defend? Because when you have a quarterback that can make any and every throw on the football field and put the ball exactly where it's supposed to be, that makes, that makes you challenged on defense. Because there's, there are some times you could be where you're supposed to be on body with the receiver, and he puts it to where the, the, the defender can't make a play. So sometimes that becomes rather frustrating. But, and, and we had to tell our players, hey, when you're going against a championship caliber offense, there are going to be some times they're going to make some plays. And I know the offensive coaches told them, when you're playing against a championship caliber defense, there are going to be some times we're going to make some plays. And when you see the ebbs and flows when you go against each other, that's exactly how you can raise everyone's level of competition. Coach, the yards and points you gave up in the fourth quarter, you're up by 25. <coughs> How much of that keeps you up at night? How much of that do you just kind of chuck up to, hey, we were up by 25 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah, well, you, you, know, you never look at it like you were up by so much in, in the fourth quarter. As, as a coach, you always want to make sure you talk to your players about one of the guiding premises of our program, and that is to finish. So, so we have to do our job and still close out football games. And, and maybe that's probably one of the greatest things because for us, that's been our number one point of contention and point of emphasis uh, thus far understanding how to finish and close teams out. That, that's when you become elite, when you do what you do. You have to be able to understand how to close people out and make those plays. Christian's question is a similar question. With Stanford having pretty four solid receivers, practicing against the four guys that you have to, you know, JP, Jalen, how much does that kind of elevate the DV room to when you face a team like Stanford that has tall receivers, it's not as much of a surprise? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, probably one of the best things when you get in a conference play Every team is going to have pretty good receivers. And, and that's one of the things that we love about this conference is from a defensive back standpoint, you have to be on your game every, at every moment of the day. You, you, when you go to sleep, you got to think about that big receiver that, that you're going to face or the fast receiver that you're going to face. So being able to have that in practice on a day-to-day -day basis, th that just lets our guys understand you have to be on guard and, and on your game at all times. Uh, Holsclaw got a chance to play on special teams. What's he need, about another 20 pounds to get into the scrimmage uh, lineup? No, I, I, for, for Lance, it's just a matter of just him just continuing to grow and develop, learn the scheme, understand everything. But we can see from a skill standpoint, I think as you guys probably saw him running, running around on the field, he definitely can run. And the, the one thing that we try to commend our guys to be able to do is you have to be able to run fast and hit hard. If you can continue to do that, we will find places for you on the football field. How important has been playing the edge rushers, their consistency? Can you just talk about the play of the edge rushers, how hmm. they've been consistent, what that's led to your, how your defense is playing? Yeah, the, uh, for, for when, when you have edge rushers who can be consistent with, it, with respect to setting edges in the run game, but also being able to wreak havoc in the backfield, that makes your team on defense elevate. Now, there's some things we can do from a coaching standpoint just to make sure that we don't let the money get away because there, there's probably seven or eight scenarios that have happened already where we let some sacks get away. And you can tell it, it pulled, that those guys are pulling their hair out trying to do everything they can to make sure they finish those given plays. But our edges have definitely been one of the bright sides for us thus far when it comes to them being able to wreak havoc in the backfield. What's happening with ASAP? Uh, no, he's just doing everything he can to get back as soon as he can. It was just what, kind of a little freak deal where he got hit on the side in practice. So, so we're looking forward to getting him back. We, we need all the bullets in the gun. How about Jordan Perriman? Yeah, uh, Jordan in, in the same scenario. Um, as, if it goes as, as planned, we should all the, all, the, all the dogs should be out of the kennel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the one thing about most of the guys, they're, they're doing everything they can to get back um, and, and, to, and to try to come back as soon as they can. We've seen some plays on the D-line where you know, Zion will swing inside, we'll see boys swing outside. Is that because those guys are so versatile multiple, or is that about kind of creating confusion? Uh, is it 
all of the above. Yeah, a, a, little, a little bit of the above. There, there are some things you're, you're definitely trying to do so you can change some windows in the run game and utilize some of the skill of some of the guys inside. Because Voy is someone in the, in the past game, his twitch shows up. And we're definitely happy to have someone like that, especially as a young player with some twitch that can play inside on, on our team. Anything else, Coach Inch? I got one, just since you mentioned the excitement you have when all the dogs run, run out of the kennel. What does that do for you all as defensive uh, <laughs> coaches? <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios to where when you have every asset in your program that you can pull from, you know the, 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 you can let the reins go. Uh, so when you have everyone that's there, everyone that's been preparing, everyone who is available, now it, it's, it, it, you can be more at ease because you're not on pins and needles thinking, well, hey, if one guy goes down, this, this, and this are affected. So what, what you're always trying to do is just to make sure whenever you, whenever you can operate at full capacity, that's something that you're always trying to thrive for as a coach in your program. All right, thank you, Coach Inch. Yeah. Go dogs. Thank you all. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep up with that. How are we doing? Good. You look back to the tape, just how satisfying was that? Uh, I mean, every win is hard fought, and I mean that, and it's extremely satisfying. The guys put a ton of work into it. Um, obviously, there's some aspects of the game we we're really disappointed in, and, and um, I think that was probably eye-opening for the guys a little bit that there were some spots that even in a big game like that that we could execute even, even better. But, uh, but the kids were fired up, and they definitely weren't satisfied after the game, so that was... I thought something really um, kind of a good little surprise on Sunday, how they felt like they definitely left, kind of left some meat on the bone there. What were you disappointed in? <clears throat> what do you think? Fourth quarter. How about goal line? Yeah. 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 Add both those to it. I'd say those two things, fourth quarter and short yardage conversions would be the top of the list. Why didn't, I mean, explain as best you can kind of why things weren't perfect down there. Why? Lack of execution. Um, went back, and you have to be honest when you when you look at stuff. Like, was there, was it just a bad concept? You know, what was it? And and honestly, um, it was the look we were expecting, and we we just misfired. Lack of execution. There's no excuse for it, and um, we know the detail that has to be put into those kind of plays, and and uh, we'll learn from it. We'll be better. Richard Newton, a couple of years ago, was really a great goal line back for these guys. Was using him something you thought about? Or? Oh, for sure. Rich is going to be continue to increase his role. And, and again, you know, some of the practice limitations and things like that, I think, you know, I, I feel like Rich is, is probably really this week, I would say he's full strength. And so sometimes when guys get a little bit limited in, in the game planning and, and reps during the week, um, it gets a little bit harder to get him in. But Rich will continue to get more involved and, and uh, I would be surprised if you didn't see a lot more of six out there this week. You've talked before about why you like to be up in the booth in terms of kind of maintaining a sense of calm in, in play calls and everything like that. What was the atmosphere like up from your perspective up there on Saturday? And, and are you able to kind of maintain a Zen state when there's as much happening in the atmosphere of the stadium as there was? What was that from you, from your eyes and your perspective? Yeah, no, it's it's great up there. They got nice cushioned chairs and. Everything's good, um, but you you can feel it, and you can sense it. You know, I I thought it was um, just phenomenal what what the crowd and, and the environment was for our kids, specifically on you know third downs for our defense. When you look at that, like does there's no way to say that that doesn't impact the football game. And uh, saw it from the Seahawks the the week before, and you know just things like that when you know you have an advantage playing at home that you're going to be able to count on a little bit. And just the energy that our guys will have offensively is, I mean, I think sometimes people are excited about it and they talk about it. And then there's a reality of when you're seeing it from my point of view of somebody, 
you know, misfiring on the field because of what's going on out there. And then the whole sideline feeding off of it is is exciting. So that that was that was really good to see. Lineman helped off the field last Saturday and Kleppo and Fatano, and I think he came back the second one. And then you've got Kirkland kind of still holding in the wings. What's an update on those three guys? Yeah, um, you know, Kirkland practiced again yesterday, and, and again, you know, we've been pretty patient with Jackson, just trying to make the best decisions possible. And, and uh, I know right out the gate, our, our uh, meeting yesterday, we said we we're going to get Jackson involved right away in the beginning of the week. And, uh, fully anticipated him being part of the game plan. And, uh, you know, with Troy, he was back out there yesterday. He was good to go. Nate was trying to get through things yesterday as well. So, and, and as you mentioned, uh, Troy finished the game. So planning on all three of those guys being available. And um, I know they all have some things to work through, but um, nothing, nothing that should hold them out. Brian, going back to execution on goal line and that players learning from that, did you all feel like they recognized what was supposed to happen? It just a matter of that, that the execution to complete that, or yeah, I, I think they did. Um, you know, one of the risks uh, when you're breaking out of a huddle fast and, and trying to put the the pressure on the defense is is obviously for the potential for a misfire on the play. You keep the concept as simplistic as possible, hoping that they can, you know, complete that task. And um, and we just honestly we just misfired, and it was. Small details, pad level, and the right angles off the ball, and, and they just didn't do that. So it was it was really disappointing. What happened to Devin Culp? He looked like it was pretty serious, and then a couple of plays later, he's right back in the game. Yeah, I, I teased Devin. He, he thinks he's in the NBA or something. He had to be <laughs> carted off and came right back on the field. But he was he was good. He he was uh, he's ready to go. Is there any any difference between the the player you thought you were getting when, when you guys took Michael Penix Jr. from from the transfer portal and and, and what he's put on film these first three weeks? No, I, I, there there really isn't. I mean, I think our entire staff, um, you know, three of us for sure, between you know Nick and and Coach DeBoer and myself, have a ton of experience with Mike and know who he is and what he's capable of doing and. I think Mike's refinement process from when he got here through spring ball to fall camp and just taking in all the things and experiences that he's had as a quarterback and knowing the type of things that he needed to improve on and being able to be in a system that he could, you know, utilize and fall back a little bit knowing the system and then improve on all the little nuances and and he's taken all those steps but all the all the throws um the ability piece things like that are not a surprise at all. I, th I think when Mike was in the Big Ten making throws, I don't I don't feel like there was any ball on the field that he couldn't get to and things like that. So I think just experience and, and confidence in the system has allowed Mike to really, you know, come out, uh, start hot, and make great decisions, and that's that's really enabled him to have a great year so far. He's moving sometimes every receiver on the field around the formation pre-snap. Is that is that always coming from you? Is, is he seeing yeah, things or that's coming from me? Yep, yep. Do you anticipate that Jalen Polk would have a big game like that? Was that a matchup that you knew, or is that just? I mean, it seems like you have so many different guys that you go to and you have a given play. Just how does that evolve? Yeah, two two of JP's hits were were uh, you know plays that were designed for the Z that we knew there was a high probability that he would be able to get that hit and I. I mean, we've said that before for a long, long time that, you know, that's one of the, I think, special things about this offense is that you can see all these receivers are going to have an opportunity to make a play. And so I think that's theoretically going into the schematics of it, you would you would say for a defense, it's a little bit harder to get a beat on one guy and, and hopefully um, make them be pretty broad in their coverage ideas and things like that. So. You know, I think every game we go into a good game plan, knowing that those guys are all going to have a shot to to make a play, and and uh, that happened again this this week. I don't know how else to ask this, so I'll just ask you: How impressed were you by the touchdown to Talapapa, and how many quarterbacks have you seen that can actually make that throw and thread that in there like that? Two quarterbacks, and yes, I was impressed. That was. Who's the second besides Penix that you seen do that? Hayner. Hayner. Yep. But Mike is like. His delivery and, and confidence, and again, I just – it was a great ball, but just look at the placement. Not only was it a good football that Wayne could catch, but it also 
it was a protected throw. You know what I mean? He had the body of the offensive player in front of the defender, and the ball was pushed wide, and it was it was a great play. And and just shows you again, you know, Mike's ability to uh, process through things when it's not perfect, when his first read goes away or gets stuck, and being able to you know get through and understand, know exactly where that next throw is going to be, and then get the ball out of his hand. You know, and that's that's part of it. We've been protecting really well, but I thought Mike had. You know, two critical plays in the football game that were throwaways that were huge. You think about the clutch drive where he rolls out to his left and just throws the ball away. If he gets tackled there on whatever that was, the 42-yard line, and the clock's running, we got clock issues, and we're, we're second on a mile, I mean, that's a big play. And just his experience and understanding how to get the ball out has, has been huge for us. Do you think he's been dialed back a little bit on the velocity on the short game? You know, Mike, actually, Mike has really good touch. You know, there's a couple of those that he had to, you know, put pretty hot. But in general, um, we run a decent amount of, you know, crossers and underneath throws and things like that. But uh, most of the time, Mike's the one guy that, that knows how to take a little bit off, keep the same arm tempo, but take a little bit off the throw. So typically, he does pretty good on that. If it comes out too hot because he's under duress, that, that can happen at times. Michigan State secondary. Was that just you guys beating them, or are they young and, and a little bit vulnerable? I, I couldn't really tell. Uh, I mean, I think that every you know secondary is going to have some spots that you can go after an attack, and, and obviously we knew their their boundary safety three was out, and potentially we'd be able to take advantage of that a little bit. But um, you know, I thought more than anything, I thought it was our guys executing and going into the game. We knew there was going to be. You know, some catches that the guys were going to have to be, you know, contested, like Rome's on the backup catch. I mean, that was a great throw and a great catch by him. You think about um, Jalen McMillan's catch. I thought that was incredible route detail by Jalen. That was him just beating the defender. He got on top, leaned inside, squeezed it, so that he left Mike, you know, five yards on the on the side to be able to push the ball wide and, and make a great catch. So I think there, there's some of both, but... Um, I felt like our guys in critical moments, you know, out-executed some of their guys. I've been a play caller here for a couple of years in a row and then hadn't done it for a number of years before that. How do you feel like you're maybe a better play caller now than you were a couple of years ago? Oh, I think you just – everything's always reps, you know what I mean? It, it does take time and, and there's things that evolve in your decision-making process, I think, and – and as you're looking at a game plan, knowing the things that you'll be able to make a difference on and making those shots count and just not missing on them. And uh, I think that those are the things you gain more and more confidence in. And every year you, you see something and it reminds you of a game, how something else played out. So I think there's an experience piece to that that, that can build confidence and you know exactly how you want your system to look. Um, I think I always talk to our staff I think back to 2019 <clears throat> was, was my first year calling it at Fresno. And there were some elements of that offense that were kind of out of our DNA a little bit. Um, you know, Kalen had left and had other guys come in, a lot of good ideas and things like that, but, you know, didn't stay as true to some of the things that were principled in our offense. And, you know, those are, those are things you learn from, you know, that where does the confidence come from in our system? and. What are we always going to be able to do on a week-to-week -week basis? And, you know, just keep building off those things and, and be able to identify things quicker that are advantageous for your offense. Play into that as, as a play call in terms of going like, that play, let me go ahead and then maybe say, you know what, let me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there's a huge piece of that because there's, um, and I think that would go with the experience piece too is, Knowing when, you know, you, you may want to call that, you know it's going to be a good play, but when you say, I know, you better, you better know. You know, you might not be like, you know what, I just need to see that look one more time, run another setup play before I get it. And so there's, there's certainly a, a patience piece, and um, there's certainly a piece where you just got to pull the trigger too. And it's not always going to be the perfect look, and you're going to have to count on you guys to make some plays too. So I, I think there's those things all add up together. How do you coach against? The emotions of Saturday, and then trying to not let that carry over to this weekend and be drained by that. I mean, the Seahawks kind of maybe had that problem coming off that Monday night win yesterday against the Niners, but 
talk about that, how you avoid that. Yeah, I think it's experience, um, you know, that we're trying to share wisdom with our guys that, that uh, for, as a coaching staff, we've been there on both sides of it, on weeks where we've been part of teams and programs that have done a really good job managing a big win and been part of it where we haven't done as good a job, you know, and those are the things you share with the kids just in very matter-of-fact detail, you know, that we're expecting everybody that can be out there, be out there on Tuesday. You don't get a get an extra day off because of a big win, and it's it's critical to execute on a Tuesday. And Coach DeBoer and I were just talking about this, actually, you know, and some of the mishaps that can happen when, when guys think that there's some type of carryover and you just you truly have to flush the game. I wish it was, you know, anything different than that. But really, you know, that was one of our huge points of emphasis yesterday was that, you know, we, we can't carry over. And I think, you know, I alluded to that early on that I was just really excited, proud of the guys that, you know, they realize that we're still building, that we're still uptrending, that there's still a lot of work to do, you know. And I think if the guys truly believe that in their heart and they continue to prepare like that, we'll continue to get better. Um, that that point of satiation where they just kind of they're they're satisfied and they stop being hungry that that can be problematic and and we tried to use honestly when I met with them I, I said you know I felt like we potentially played a team that had a little bit you know their fridge was full and they weren't as weren't as hungry and we just got to keep the keep the paddle lock on that fridge and stay freaking hungry man that's that's going to be important you, you have a long history as an offensive line coach obviously and I'm wondering uh, how does your background as an O-line coach affect the way that maybe you see offense or the way that you call plays, just having that breadth of, of knowledge, how does that affect the way that you do your job now? Uh, yeah, it's I'm, – I'm really fortunate that way that I've been able to coach, you know, every position in offense at one point in my career. So I think when you have that, you know, opportunity to be able to just see everything – as a whole picture, I think it makes it a lot easier to call plays, honestly. I mean, you can think about what the challenges are for each individual, you know, position group in a given moment and what's going to be hard about that concept or that play or that moment. And those are the things I think you can always, you know, at least try to add up and, and take account for to, to try to be successful. Because if you're, if you're just thinking from one train of thought or one path or one position, I think that that can be, you know, a disadvantage for your offense. The fact that Mike hasn't been sacked through three weeks and now having gone up against the team that was leading the nation in sacks, is it, does the credit for that go all the way around the entire offense? Uh, you know, talk about the O-line plus Mike uh, right. collaborating to make that be a fact. Well, I think the last part you said is, is the most important. It, it is without question. It's a collaboration. You know, it's running backs. It's offensive line it's it's Mike you know and the one time Mike got hit he he actually missed the protection flip you know and and I think it even surprised Mike because he pointed it out he just forgot to flip the the inside of the protection so um you know Mike doesn't make those mistakes twice though so um that that's something that I think is a huge piece of it is those guys um they worked their tails off we actually gave the detail award to the offensive line this week uh for their pass protection specifically uh, they put a ton of work into it. There was a lot of complex looks, specifically in the red zone and third down, and they did a great job. They were ready to go. Corey made some great calls and, and kept the point in the right spot. So it, it's it's a lot of work, but it's it's more than just five guys. It's the quarterback. It's the running back. It's, you know, when it's not perfect, it's Mike getting the ball out of his hands. So there's, there's a lot of things that obviously go with that. We just felt like going into the game that as long as we didn't give up any A-gap or B-gap problems that, that we would be able to manage. Of the job that specifically Roger and Troy did on Winman in that game Saturday. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, and I'm not saying this in a overconfident way. I totally expected that. I did. I, I was going to be. Um, I, I would have been disappointed if they couldn't have handled him, just because they they knew we had worked and drilled so hard. Um, he had two very specific moves in his pass rush that we drilled into him and. I thought they did a great job of defending those two moves, and and uh, they knew what he was. You know, he's a, he's a speed player with great athleticism, and so you just got to know what his one advantage is and take it away from him. And I thought specifically, Troy did a fantastic job. I didn't feel like the pocket was 
ever in danger because of Troy. So with Jackson back, if he is back, Troy's been playing great. Mm -hmm. Does Jackson slide back in at left tackle? Does Troy go to guard? Right now, that's what we'd work, um, and, and more so just because we saw a lot of two things, I should say. Um, got a lot of film of Troy playing really, really well at guard as well throughout spring and fall camp. And then just, you know, comfort level as far as Jackson's concerned. I know earlier in Jackson's career, he played a little bit of guard as well. And, and that'd be, he could do that as well. But from a comfort standpoint, we'd probably make that the starting point. It doesn't mean that's how things always end up, but I think that's the easiest transition. What's your philosophy here with uh, fourth quarter when you have and trying to continue to be aggressive because you guys are moving the ball through the air all game, but also with the clock and trying to manage that? How, how do you approach that? This is a really long discussion. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a, um, yeah, there, there's a fine line. There's one of those when you get done with the game is, did I stay aggressive enough? At the same time, was I, was I trying to play team football? You know, you have, to, you have to weigh all those things out. And I think those are the, the calls you come back to and you, you make honest assessments afterwards. Like, hey, I could have maybe taken a punch right here. And you know, stayed a little more aggressive in this spot, or you know what, we didn't execute here, but this was a good call. We used this much clock, did these things. So that there definitely is a fine line. I think that some of those things, it's a moving target as well. If, if uh, you know, I thought the defense had an incredible game plan and played really, really well. And if things change and they start to move a little bit different way and, and that lead gets different, um, you have to, you know, adjust what you're calling. All good. All right. Thanks, Thank you. That's right. All right. As usual, I think uh, Coach DeVore will. Right, right. Get started now. Questions? All right. Good afternoon. You, you know, uh, we fly after uh, every win uh, the whole week and fly the W and dubs up you know, all week long. But, uh, you know, we've already moved on last night uh, after we uh, met meetings and, and make our corrections. Uh, we spent a little time on the field, moving around, getting the bodies going. Um, you know, it's time to move on. And, uh, you know, less than 24 hours after uh, a, a nice win, big win for us, um, you know, we're on to Stanford. So I'm excited about, uh, you know, the, the energy that uh, should exist, that existed yesterday, that uh, should exist tomorrow in practice when we get back on the football field. And, you know, um, you know just uh, also understanding that uh, there are so many things that could have been even better than what happened Saturday night. So I think we got to – I know we got a group of guys that uh, – you know, felt that way at the beginning that this could be where we're at. Um, and now they see stacking days on top of days, um, practices on top of practices, and now games on top of games. It's uh, been something that they really see, you know, all the hard work paying off and uh, the belief and trust in each other, you know, coming through. And, um, you know, they're in, a, they're in a good spot. But we can't get full of ourselves. Uh, we got a big, uh, a big game this weekend, starting conference play. And, uh, you know, uh, Stanford had the weekend off, and so, you know, they're going to be fresh and have had a lot of time to get ready to, to play us here this weekend, you know, had a chance to watch us and do some prep before even this weekend, so. Uh, let alone not getting full of themselves and enjoying a victory too long, this almost seemed to reestablish this program because it wasn't competitive last year. Even the games they won had to go down to the last second, and they didn't beat up on anybody but Arkansas State, which mm -hmm. was expected. Did, did they feel a little bit more, um, you know, who they are? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, week one, I think I said it last week too, week one we had to play just to get on the football field, see where we're at and feel that continuity. And you could tell, tell that we were putting plays and stacking plays on top of plays. And um, I think then, you know, week one and two were very similar as far as just, you know, because of who we were facing um, and then, a, you know, a test against a, a top-ranked team. Um, team that's coming across the country that's uh, very well recognized, you know, and uh, respected. 
And, um, you know, for our guys to prove that and, and it showed in their preparation that uh, there was confidence because you, 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 sh- you can hear confidence through communication. You can hear it just in the way they are throughout the week. And, uh, you know, respect all, fear none is certainly a common theme that we have in our locker room. But it still can't just be words, and we needed to prove that it was words. We respected them throughout the week. And then um, I think, uh, you know, as much as we're trying to prove things to other people, first we got to prove it to ourselves. And we, uh, we did that. Uh, and the guys are fired up. And I think uh, – I don't think they're surprised, but uh, I know they're really – in retrospect, thinking about where they're at and their confidence now compared to where they've been, you know, in the past weeks, months, years. And so it's pretty cool to see, you know, and that's why you do what you do as a football coach, Um, not just building a great team, but just uh, helping guys realize that, uh, you know, you can become more than even what you think you can. And uh, we're on that path. What did the tape show you about the goal line offense? And it sounds like Ryan said you're a little maybe limited personnel-wise with Richard's kind of health. Or yeah, a, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you saw the guys that were on the field were the guys that won, the ones that took the most reps in those spots, uh, offense and defense. And um, the execution certainly certainly could have been better. I mean, we had to have been inches uh, on the one uh, where Wayne, actually the ball kind of fell out of his hands uh, right at the goal line too. I mean, that literally had to be an inch or two because I know his foot crossed the goal line. The ball did not. Um, and so we just, we, um, you know, tempoed and, and, and Ryan uh, talked about the execution. Um, sometimes can go both ways and we just, uh, you know, got to stay lower with our pads. Um, you know, the scheme was there. Um, we just got to execute a little bit better. And uh, I've, looking back on it, you know, you kind of – you always wonder when in the moment, like, okay, cause should we have done something different? Um, I feel good about what we were trying to do. Um, you you know, you can still continue to second guess and say, oh, we could have done this and probably been fine. But we had uh, we had the amount of, amount of numbers we needed. And, uh, you know, uh, we just got to, you know, coach it up a little bit better and, and put those guys in those spots and – and, um, you know, make it happen next time and learn from it. Alan, you, you've been a very good play caller in the past, and it seems like there's kind of an art and science to the way you go about doing that. Seeing what Ryan's doing right now, what makes him a good play caller? And also, mm-hmm. how have you seen him evolve over the last couple of years you've been with him? Yeah, it's just been awesome seeing it. You know, first it starts with, um, you know, I guess even before work ethic, I was going to say work ethic and how hard he works at – making sure he knows uh, and has a plan in place and, and knows what defenses are going to do. But it first just starts with humility that you don't know it all. And he just constantly is asking questions, learning, meeting with people, call, you know, um, you know, as, as proud as of a, of, a, of a play caller he is. I mean, he, you know, in the summer months and in the spring, you know, just not afraid to bounce something off me, you know, nothing too big, nothing too small. And uh, starts with that humility and that desire to have a growth mindset and always continue to get better. And um, then it goes to, you know, just the work ethic he has, just, uh, you know, very few people that are ever going to beat him to the office and be here any later, you know. And so him understanding and seeing what's uh, out there on the football field, um, you know, he just, he's locked in you know you can see and what he's saying is almost happening uh you know before it's happened you know that hey this safety is going to widen at the snap oh yep there he goes you know this linebacker's leaving space for someone to fill that area and you know that's what's happening you click on the film on Sunday and you know what's really cool is um hearing the checks that Mike makes or the things that happen um are being pretty much almost talked and discussed on the headphones before it was made. You know, that check that Mike might make or, hey, this is going to be a throw or this is going to be a handoff on an RPO, you know, that's happening, you know. And uh, um, even the one I heard uh, Coach Grubb talk about, um, you know, the one protection that Mike didn't check, you know, it's time he really got hit, you know. And um, that was being discussed on the sidelines over the headphones, Coach Grubb and, you know, a couple other coaches as well, you know, and all in sync. And uh, just the management, the organization leads to, to great um, belief in the, in the team. And when there's that belief that goes both ways between coordinator and quarterback, coordinator and coaches, coordinator, coaching staff, and now the players, and then the players giving that belief back to uh, them, you know, um, we're able to be really aggressive right now because 
um, we're confident Mike will be okay with checking it down if, and not force it down the field and put us in a tough spot where the ball is being turned over or hold on to the ball too long. Um, I mean, again, two-minute drill going down the field at the end, you know, the first half. And just, um, you know, there's about a, there's about five or six scenarios that you got to be ready for when you don't have the timeouts and stuff. And uh, there's, you know, 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, and it's fourth down, you know, not just that play, but you got to – you got to be ready for the next play or two after that. And um, we're all in sync, and it's really cool, and it's fun to see him. And, you know, there's times and places you just don't get in his way, you know. Uh, give him the, give him the advice he, he needs to hear or the things that he needs to hear, you know, managing the game. I heard you asking questions about that. And, um, you know, we won the game, you know. And uh, there just comes a mathematical, I believe this, doing it for 20-some years and having to close out games. There comes a mathematical piece where you just got to get that clock running. There's four possessions that have to be to 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 have, and you know if you do the math, I mean, even worst case scenario, there's going to have to be multiple onside kicks that are going to have to be had for them to win the football game. And um, you know that's not the way it feels. It doesn't always feel good sometimes that way where the gap was closed at the end. But what's the most important is the, that there's a W, you know, and he found a way to win the game, and and a lot of that's attributed to how great we were in the first three-plus quarters and putting yourself in that spot to where there's a lot of different options and a lot of different ways the game can play out at the end. You mentioned, just going back to Mike, opened up the internet this morning. It was a scary place. I'm seeing Heisman hype for Penix. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to embrace that? You want the kids to kind of maybe kneel them a bit about that or just ignore yeah. it and move on? Or how do you... Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He was in it before, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, at this time of the season, and and um, you know, you got to win football games. I think is a huge part of uh, anything uh, when it comes to those type of awards. And so, I think if he just keeps his focus on what it's been, and that's winning football games, um, he's naturally going to be a big part of us winning. And so, if we just focus on winning football games, those individual accolades will come. And uh, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, that's that's the way it is. Not just with the quarterback position, the other positions as well. So, pour into the team, pour into winning, um, pour into just uh, you know being the best you can. And uh, you know, we would say live with the results, but the results will come. You know, in those form and fashions of of, of getting those accolades. Did you jump into that mosh pit in the game? I did. I was just trying to make sure everything was was uh, all square and making sure the Michigan State guys weren't in the middle of it. You know, I saw their coaches were kind of trying to check and um, I was still kind of congrats. I had my back to it actually when it came out. So I didn't even realize what was happening right away. And then uh, just trying to make sure everything was all, all good with our players and our, our team. Cause you know, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of energy and mo about 99.9% .9 of it was good, but you just always gotta be, be ready for something when uh, high emotions and excitement are, are all, are all happening. But you know, cool, cool thing for our, for our team. And I know, I mean, you know, hopefully there's many, many more big victories down the road and they all don't have to result in a storm in the field because that becomes the expectation in our program. Won three national championships uh, in your career. This was beating the 11th ranked team at home and probably different levels of height mm -hmm. because it's a bigger program. How do you compare some of your big wins in your career and what that was like? Yeah, this is uh, definitely one of them. I mean, you know, anytime, um, you know, you're – you're, you know, and this is, a, like you said, it's in a totally different stage in where we're at in our program. So that's why it's it's one of those big wins. Um, and so um, it was a lot of fun. It, my biggest joy is always sitting back and watching players, you know, high five and hugs, you know, sometimes tears, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't tears when we walked in the locker room, but as I talked to individuals, there's guys that became choked up on what they've experienced and how they've uh, – how they've seen themselves grow, their te this team grow. Um, but just there's nothing better than when you win championships, when you win big games, sitting back and just seeing the smiles and seeing, you know, that's what I love as a head coach is trying to facilitate an environment where, um, you know, where the, the, the training staff, the equipment staff, the, the academics, you name the staff, the piece of the department, uh, where they're all just so happy because um, they know how much everyone's poured into, you know, getting to where we're at. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning. You had a couple loud special teams plays from Devon Banks and yeah. Carson. And what have those guys done to embrace 
kind of an underappreciated aspect of the game, and how important is that in terms of getting things rolling from a momentum standpoint? No, no question uh, that that was uh, that was noticeable, um, really noticeable. I made sure I addressed that in a strong way yesterday in the team meeting. Just how uh, you know Bruner's hit and Devon uh, had a couple, and um, you know two weeks ago. Um, and where we're at now, the improvement we've made special teams wise, we aren't again not there yet. But in that area particular, um, you know, we're we're trying to get those kicks deeper, deeper, deeper. But hey, if they're going to get returned, all right, let's go down and set the tone and and be physical, understand our assignments, which we're getting better at every single week, feeding off each other. Um, it's more complex than just running down as hard as you can and trying to, you know, tackle the ball carrier. You know, there's there's a lot happening because if you do that, you'll get out schemed and out techniqued and all that. So, um, and then the mindset and just the like, hey, you know, right? You don't know which way the ball carrier is going to be, and all of a sudden he's in your lap, and you got a chance to make that big, big hit. And uh, Devon and Bruner and those guys all just being ready and ready for the moment, and it was a uh, it was pretty pretty sweet um, seeing that, and so I'm proud of the guys. Special teams, uh, you know, the buy-in, um, some of the biggest field-changing, um, you know, times of of the game are on special teams, and so we preach that. Um, I've told them that uh, referring to three national championships, all three national championships had special teams touchdowns in them, and so that's always going to be a big part of what's uh, what's preached in our program. Was this last weekend maybe the ultimate? chance to sell your program because you had all these recruits here I think and, and then you had a national TV audience watching with potentially other recruits or just or just people catching on to what you're doing here yeah it was a huge uh, just kind of you know we, we we can talk it um, you know and what the the feel is and we you know talk about the family um, and just the, you know making this such a great experience for our guys and winning's a huge part of that and um, you know, yeah, it, it was a it was a great advertisement for our program, whether it be across the country, um, but even just uh, you know the people that got a chance to experience, whether it be um, the fans, um, but in particular, as you referred, uh, with our recruits that were here, um, committed, uncommitted, um, those guys just really experiencing it. Uh, it wasn't I. I mean, there was some I guess that maybe was eye opening to them. You know, like wow, you know. Um, this is this place is special. This place is different, and they got a chance to see it firsthand. The Michigan State rushing game—they averaged uh, negative yards before contact in that game, which I haven't heard of happening a lot. What, what can you say about the defensive line play, the edge play, linebacker play that all went into? Yeah, it fires me up. It fires me up. Uh, you know, just um, it fires me up because you know I think there's there's still the, there was those questions. I can tell by the way I get asked questions and. Um, you know, just uh, what's the run defense? And I understand why those questions are asked, and I get it. And um, for us to even go from where we were at week one, week two, and now week three, different opponents, different styles. Um, a lot of the yards, you know, came with the quarterback scrambling, um, you know. And that's happened a few times, different type of quarterback scrambles, uh, not as much, uh, you know, um, with with the, the designed run game. But um, a lot of the yards came that way. But when it came down to what Michigan State was trying to do, run the football, um, we were pretty locked in and loaded on um, being where we needed to be, um, understanding um, who was going where and how we all needed to play off each other and just being physical when it came down to it. And a lot of gang tackling, uh, you know, that I saw just a lot of, you know, even a back spinning out or kind of trying to fight loose and then just more guys there. And that's, that's uh, knowledge, you know, of what we're trying to accomplish and how we do it, but also just effort and uh, desire, you know. And um, I thought we – we really um, rose to the occasion, and I love it because that's going to be an important piece of us going through conference play um, starting this weekend uh, to be able to stop the run, make teams one-dimensional. Um, I still feel like a huge strength of ours is getting after the quarterback, and um, you know, you know, we'll be able to do that as we uh, go through the season, making teams one-dimensional. Caitlin, I asked Ryan about guarding against the emotional letdown mm -hmm. after Saturday into Stanford. This is a program that UW's had some issues with over the years. Talk to me about how you coach against that and what you see these guys bring to the table Saturday. Yeah, it, it's really, I mean, I don't care where you're at. Um, 
can make it about this program in the history. This is a totally different staff, totally, you know, a lot of new players. Um, so to me, what has happened in the past isn't about now, um, but I know that the fan base and that, they, that I understand why that's uh, discussed and talked about. So that's all fair. But uh, I think um, it's the experiences you've been through and how you just, uh, you set it up. We've set this up, not just this week for this moment. We've set this up ever since we got here. The one and all mindset and just moving forward and whether it be the adversity Okay, and we talk about adversity and the response to adversity, making it temporary, which, by the way, I thought we were phenomenal at, you know, our responses to scores that they had. We were great. But now when things are good, the response and, uh, you know, our response and is to, you know, people let up. They fall below the standard of preparation, work ethic. And, you know, we've set this up for this moment um, to make sure we have a good week and that, uh, you know, we don't take anything for granted. Um, all those principles and concepts that we discuss from day one um, are built into these moments too, not just the ones where we're, our backs are up against the wall. When it comes to that run defense, you know, some of those D linemen don't get the stats when it comes to tackles and they're taking up double teams and yep. stuff. Who did you see really stand out when it comes to, you know, Tuli and Fatui and, and MJ and all? Who, who stood out on tape? I, honestly, I mean, I know this is – I mean, I thought they all did a really good job, and I think they're – they're uh, they're straining the word that I like. I've used it a couple times here. I just feel like they're straining. Um, they knew they had to raise their game. Um, all of those guys, Tuli, um, you know, Fatui, and um, you know, MJ. I thought I thought I was excited for MJ because I I told him this too, uh, either Friday night or Saturday morning. I said, hey, I just feel like I remember getting on the elevator and it was at the hotel, and uh, asked him how he was doing. I just really thought he had. A next level of uh, you know coming off his injury, I think you know now he's he's more uh, re he's, his recovery's been good, and now he's actually you know thriving again. He's actually progressing you know physically, and so I was really excited to see him get out there. And um, you know I think he had a great great game. You know whatever fifteen to twenty snaps, I can't remember the exact number, but uh, just did a really nice job. And uh, they're playing within the scheme. They're doing what they're being asked to do. Like you said, they're not going to get a lot of the tackles. Other guys are going to get those tackles. But they're eating up blocks. And a guy like MJ in particular, I mean, he's going to eat up a lot of people. You know, we know how hard that is. And I know how hard that's been over the years to uh, block guys that size. But Thule's, uh, you know, snapping off the ball at the line of scrimmage and causing problems. And, and uh, you know, um, Thule's also been just like really – you know, like uh, just consistent, constant each and every play. And yeah, going back to kind of how you set this thing up, game one, game two, game three and four, how satisfying is it, and I'm going to use what Ryan Grubb said, that after such a big win, the players felt that they left some meat on the bone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the exciting piece because um, um, it could have gone. I mean, you know, a couple fourth down plays, right? Um, both sides of the ball, really, is what it came down to. A couple – Couple more of those, and the game gets uh, gets uh, out of control a little bit even quicker. But um, you know, you got to credit Michigan State making those plays and and um, and being physical, uh, whether depending on what side of the ball. But uh, our guys, you know, just um, you know, uh, they see it. They see what they're capable of. They see the potential that exists within this 2022 football team, and um, you know. Uh, they're uh, they're just going to keep uh, keep coming and you know right now the next man up mentality is what's really cool also you know just the next guy stepping in and really us uh, not hesitating and not flinching you know is is a pretty neat thing uh, goes along with the mindset we have you know just uh, just keep fighting keep swinging. People have noticed that that Washington Oregon Wazoo Oregon State are all off to really good starts or look like they're pretty good teams at the same time. Is there any tangible benefit to the, the Pacific Northwest schools all, all being good at once? Yeah, I would think that, you know, we're bringing, uh, you know, notoriety obviously to our programs, but, um, you know, good football is being played. And, uh, it, you know, it, it tells us that we got to be at our best, uh, and that's why we got to keep improving, you know, because those, those games down the road are, are going to be big ones and they're going to be 
um, against really good football teams. And so um, it's, it's for us internally, you know, to understand that we got to keep getting better. Um, and then we represent, uh, you know, each other in a way too, especially when we're playing these non-conference games and, you know, that the, the Pac-12 conference is uh, very strong and, and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously uh, speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, you know, it's, it's great to see, but it's also an understanding that, uh, you know, we're going to have our hands full uh, throughout the entire 12 game season. Apparently you won an award today. You see that? No, I did not. Dodge. Oh really? Okay. No, yeah, I know that. No, you know that? we've had uh, a lot of prospects on campus, and so uh, finishing that up, and uh, you know, I did yeah. not know. Does that, does that resonate with you and staff when you get that kind of? Oh, it's it's all. I mean, it's again the boards, just like we're talking about with Mike and the Heisman. I mean, it's it's it goes across the board, and uh, there's no way without this staff. Um, and I know I get uh, a lot of the credit here. And, you know, things uh, things don't go right. You know, it goes the other way too. But um, I mean, this staff has just been awesome, um, and in just the preparation and the team's been incredible. It's just that those awards are all team team things to me. So I appreciate it. appreciate these guys. All right, thank you guys.